0: At one point, um, I had two of them vacant and the third had like a major CapEx expense. The furnace went out. I think it it, it was thousands of dollars. And I, I was so stressed.
1: Welcome to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Today, our guest is Stephanie Wonkel. Stephanie is going to teach you about the power of perseverance and how it can take your real estate investing to the next level. Stephanie is a single mom with a day job who got started as a real estate investor at a really tough time when everybody, everybody, was saying, get out of real estate. She persevered through a a lot of tough situations over the last 10 years plus as a real estate investor and has grown her wealth massively. She's done very well over time. She's gonna teach you her story of perseverance and what it did for her, what it can do for you, how you can get started with your perseverance strategy. This is a fun interview. This is a topic I love to talk about because it's so important and it impacts all of us in our own ways. So without any further ado, here we go. Here's the interview. Stephanie Wonkel, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for being here.
1: Happy to be talking with you. And today we're going to talk about the power and importance of perseverance, but before we get into that, before we key our listeners in on the great lessons that you've learned, can you tell us about your background and introduce us to your investing history?
0: Sure. Um, I have been a professional product developer in the software space for over 25 years, Um, so mostly in corporate environments. And I have been a real estate investor for over 12 years, um, starting in, like most people, in single family, small multifamily. And now I I do still have my portfolio, but I predominantly do multifamily syndication.
1: Hmm. Okay. And when did you start investing in real estate? What year?
0: In 2008. So, 2008. Yes.
1: Great time to get started.
0: Yeah, um, I I really I always wanted to have a rental. Um, my grandmother had rentals um, in a college town, and I just thought it. I, I, I didn't really have all the facts about what what made it such a great wealth building tool, but I just knew it was. And so I always wanted a a rental portfolio. And um, I had recently gotten divorced and become a single mom. Um, parenting my kids on my own. And um, you you know what happened in 2008. Um, A lot of people were unloading properties. And I had kind of put it out there that I uh, wanted to have a rental. And a wholesaler in town contacted me at just the wrong time in my life, um, you know, after a divorce. And he's like, have I got an opportunity for you? And I thought, I can't do that. Like I, you know, I'm doubled down and fear and stress and what's going to happen in my life. And I actually don't know anything about being a landlord. And so, of course, I did it. Um, I just jumped right in and, um, you know, I did the numbers and at that time there, maybe there was a bigger pocket, but I didn't know about it. So, um, you know, I scoured around and researched and, and just did the basic numbers and thought, okay, this thing's going to provide me a lot of cash. And so I did that. And then, um, this wholesaler had a couple more because, you know, everyone was unloading. And um, I basically bought three single family homes um, in less than desirable locations. So I didn't follow some of the basic rules about that. Um, And those I have a lot of, you know, scary, unhappy tenant stories (laughs) because of that, a lot of turnover and um, a lot of pain, basically. But you know, that's how how we learn lessons sometimes is through pain. Um, so I, I had those three properties and I landlorded them myself for many, many years um, that entailed uh, dragging young kids in the car, uh, going to yell at tenants and chase rent. That was always in cash. And you know, telling them to wait in the car under the seat, don't move while I go in and you know, hash it out. So uh, that's that's where where and when I got my start in investing.
1: That's great. You know, you've you've had a, a nice run, and you're. I'm sure you're still everything's still going great. And you mentioned a few things in there that I think set you and other successful investors apart from kind of average Joe, if you will. But, um, can you tell us more about your specific situation? I mean, being a, a single mom, uh, you know, having kids and having to, you know, you persevering through that situation and, and, really overcoming those doubts and, and those, those rough times. I mean, overcoming that and, and pushing through it is what sets the great apart from the, uh, maybe not so great. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it starts with taking an action too. So I wasn't prepared to take that on at that moment, but an opportunity was presented that, um, you know, I could either pass on or I could take action. And um, if you stick to the fundamentals of something and in real estate, the fundamentals are the math or, you know, the underwriting or they're there. So if you stick to that and it works, then, you know, your decision actually shouldn't be that hard necessarily, You, you know, I think people get wrapped up in analysis paralysis a lot, um, which is mostly associated with fear. So the first step to kind of being unlike other people and is, is taking action. Um, researched, well-intended, you know, at not, not ridiculous action that isn't based on any, any facts, <laughs> but um, taking the action is really important. And then like with anything, It's not going to be a smooth road. There's going to be bumps in the road. And so um, there were so many times when I had friends and family members that were like, what are, sell those things already. Uh, My kids, we call them the Julians because two of them were on a street called Julian. And we were constantly having to go um, spray paint the fence because it would get graffiti all over it. Um, I would make my, you know, then 11 year old son mow the weeds because there was no grass and um, all kinds of bad stuff in the weeds. Uh, Anyway, not getting a parenting award at this point, but, um, you know, I brought that they had to come along because they were too little to stay by themselves. Um, And there were many times when I wanted to quit and I was just committed. I was committed to this is a thing that I do and I'm going to keep doing it. And, you know, it wasn't, until years later that I figured out a way there's easier ways to do this. Um, and on hindsight, I would advise anyone that that wants to jump in like I did to bake property management into your numbers and hire a property manager. Maybe you're great at it and maybe you love it, but uh, maybe you don't. And that's where the passive inv- you know passive investing, being a landlord, There's nothing passive about it. And I think a lot of people take on one or two properties and landlord them and regret it because it's horrible and you don't have to just put, just pay someone who is skilled and expert at it. So that was a lesson that I learned uh, after years of um, not really knowing that that was a thing.
1: Learning lessons the hard way, but you pushed through those tough lessons and you're still in the game today, I mean, you've you've changed your strategy, of course, and and we'll we'll get to some of the changes that you've made. But in buying these properties, you have a day job, you have two kids, and you bought yourself more jobs by buying properties and then managing them yourself. And you still push through. Do you have uh, any kind of like daily practices are really big uh, today to keep people focused on their goals? I have a daily practice. Lots of people do. Do you have anything like that or, or what, you know, what really pushed you to persevere and to not, you know, just listen to friends and family saying, "Just sell those things, man, and just put the money in your 401k or whatever and invest in the market." I mean, what pushed you through the tough times?
0: Yeah, I've always been a very goal-oriented person. Um, so I definitely have a practice and have for years around setting, you know, having a vision, setting goals. Um, I, at a very young age, I was a big follower of Tony Robbins. Um, so I, 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 was a learner and listener and applied a lot of the lessons that he taught. Um, I do have currently a, uh, morning practice. I follow the miracle morning by Hal Elrod, if you haven't read that book, um, it's just fantastic. And, um, basically how focus is on the savers where you meditate, visualize, scribe a lot, like a lot of the morning practices. And that's just one that I'm committed to that I do almost every single morning.
1: There are quite a few formulas out there that people can follow to establish their own, uh, morning practice. Miracle morning is a a great formula. I've, Listen to the audio book. I haven't read the book book, but I've listened to the audio book and you know, take some few things, a few things from it. Uh, very, very popular. Can you walk us through maybe a specific scenario that, that really tested your determination and, and your perseverance that, um, you know, you, you pushed through and maybe you had a daily practice at that point or not, but you were able to, to overcome that situation and and get to where you are today
0: yeah so um in in the in the early days when I had these three properties um, like I mentioned they were in um, less than desirable locations so the turnover was frequent um, and a lot of times the turnover, was uh people would just like leave in the middle of the night. Um oh, so um at one point um I had two of them vacant and the third had like a major cap X expense. I, the furnace went out. I think it, it, it was thousands of dollars and I, I was so stressed. Um, and I, I honestly was almost paralyzed and riddled with like, what am I going to do? And, um, I just kept, I just kept, kept taking action. So I didn't sit and dwell and, and freak out, even though I really wanted to. I was like, okay, you have to fix the furnace. So you just fix the furnace. Now that's off the plate for now. And then, you know, how can I get these leased up? How can, and you, so I just literally put one foot in front of the other and got the stuff done that needed to get done rather than spend my time freaking out. Because, I mean, what was I going to do? Like sell them right then? That's a process. So, you know, after evaluating my pros and cons, it's like, I just need to get through this. And the hindsight I've learned is that whatever comes your way, there you can get through it like you they someone can and i've had this they destroy your property and you fix it like you can get you can fix anything it costs money but if you're sticking to the fundamentals which is you know, putting aside enough for vacancy, maintenance, CapEx every single month, and you do the things we're taught to do, then you're going to weather all of these storms. And it's the same with an economic downturn. People are always asking, what about the economy when it dies and housing market? If you're sticking to the fundamentals and you're buying rental property, whether it be single family or multifamily, um, the way that we're taught to do it, uh, then you're going to be fine and you're actually going to be better than the rest of the world.
1: You know, I like that. I like that a lot. And the, the thing is, like you said, you get yourself maybe in a a sticky situation, but the solution is just not to freak out is to continue to take action and, and people, it's easy to, I, I suppose. It's easy to freak out. It's it's easier maybe to freak out than it is to to actually take that action. But the antidote to a hard time, to difficult times, is to to work your way out of them. I mean, that's the only solution, right?
0: Yeah, that's why I think that morning practice or whatever you call it is really important because that's when you're in a fresh time of day, you're quiet. And you can just do whatever practice you do to think about and get through some of the challenges in a way that helps you work through it rather than, uh, you know, against you basically.
1: Yeah, you start your day by setting your intentions and, and setting a plan for yourself and all those things so that you're as you go throughout your day, you're not avoiding dealing with whatever situation it is by. Uh, spending a couple hours looking at stuff on Amazon or, yeah, or whatever yeah. your pr- procrastination <laughs> might be or Netflix. yeah, absolutely. I mean the internet is uh, a wealth of distractions, but yeah, that's that's great information. And you know, I saw saw something recently. i'm I'm glad we're having this conversation in a Facebook group that I'm in and somebody was saying, i I can't invest in real estate because I'm a teacher. I'm a busy teacher. and i and I thought about that and you know, no disrespect to teachers whatsoever. It's hard to be a teacher. I could never be a teacher. I know teachers couldn't do it. But I know a lot of former teachers who are now exceptionally wealthy real estate investors because they did not accept that false limitation that they're they're allowing themselves. And you did not accept the potential false limitation of I'm a single mother with a job. I got these kids. I have all these other things. You push through it. So I you know, I, I tip my hat to you and a lot of respect for not accepting those limitations.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think we all have them, right? There's there's some reason we can't do something we want to do, uh, whether you're too old or you're too young or you don't have the education. I mean, there's just a million reasons, and if you unpack all that, you can There's something like if I said I couldn't do this because I'm too old or too young, then there's solutions, right? There, That's a problem. And then there's some solution out there, whether you partner with someone or this or that. And so just being open to instead of sticking with the I can't because of something, what if you could? Like, how could you make that happen?
1: What if you could? Wow, that is awesome. We're going to have to make a quote card out of that or something. We're going to have to (laughs) tweet tweetable tweetable. I like that. I like that a lot. So this is a, there are a lot of great lessons in here, you know, not accepting these limitations. I mean, I'm a single guy. I'm 30. My limitation is I want to go do jujitsu all day after I'm done working. (laughs) That's, that's my limitation. I want to go, you know, basically play, but we've all got them no matter what it is. And, and we have to push through them. So that's awesome. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Stephanie, we got three questions. We ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is the best investment that you ever made?
0: So I, I'm going to go real estate investment on this. Perfect. I invested in an Airbnb in a ski uh, resort here in Colorado. And um, that was the best investment a because financially it just was a cash flowing beauty. but B and most importantly to me is I was able to use it um, with my kids. We whenever there wasn't a guest in it, we used it to ski and we built up so many memories with that investment so that that, investment not only provided, you know, passive income, which is what we love about real estate investing, but it contributed to some great memories for my family.
1: That's awesome. That is a, a great best investment that you said you invested in. it. Was this a an Airbnb arbitrage scenario? Did you buy the property and then Airbnb it? Can you tell us about the strategy yeah. of the investment?
0: I purchased the property and then Airbnb it. So I actually... Um, VRBO'd it and all kinds of ways to get guests in there. But um, I hire, I did all the marketing on booking on my side, which is extremely easy. And I used a local property management company to like run the cleanings and that type of stuff.
1: That's great. I mean, I love. I stay in Airbnbs. I haven't invested in them, uh, but I do have a few friends who have created financial freedom for themselves by doing this uh VRBO strategy and then some Airbnb arbitrage if you're in the right market the amount of cash flow that you can create is is really incredible plus you mentioned the the memories you were able to create with the property so that's great as well yeah on the other side of that what is the worst investment that you've ever made
0: so um i'm going to this this worst one It has both worst and and good, but I'm going to focus on the worst. The two um, single-family homes that I first, the very first ones that I bought that we've been talking about today, um, they were in, like I mentioned, a less than desirable area. And um, they were positive as far as cash flow, but they were the worst investment as far as bad stuff happening like um i had so many they were bad in that i landlorded them and i didn't know what i was doing they were bad in that the tenants just were less than desirable because of the neighborhood which made it challenging Um, I spent a lot of time and a lot of money um, that could have been reinvested, invested into something better. So it it was bad, but it was great because I learned so many lessons from that experience. And honestly, the lessons I learned in those years, uh, I apply even to this day. So, so even though financially it could have been way better, Um, the, the hard knock lessons are, I'm very grateful for.
1: Nice. And one of those, I mean, you've, we kind of touched on, you've changed your strategy over the years from when you got started buying single families to your current strategy. You mentioned doing multifamily. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing in multifamily now? Sure.
0: Sure. So, so what I did is over, over the years, I expanded my single family, small multifamily, and then um, ended up that the Denver market appreciated a lot. And so I ended up sitting on a lot of cash in those properties. So I 1031 exchanged them all out of the Colorado market into other emerging better cash flowing markets in the way of buying turnkey properties. And as I was doing that, as you know, when you buy a property, you do all the financing, like it's quite a, it's quite an event. And in doing that, you know, time after time after time, and doing the math that I want to be financially free, I want, let's say, over 100 doors. And I'm exhausted at the 10. So where am I going (laughs) from 10 to 100. And so then it became obvious that to scale and expand, I need to jump into multifamily. And that's when I jumped in and started learning all about multifamily, I hired a multifamily coach and um, just got into the world I love it. Um, I, I'm sure people say this all the time, but I wish I had started in multifamily. Um, but I, it's a great, I am passionate about it and I love being able to help other people learn about how to do it.
1: That's great. I mean, a lot of people say they wish they'd started in multifamily. I started in multifamily,
0: Good.
1: (laughs) but there you go. I mean, but you learn a lot of lessons along the way, learned a lot of lessons along the way with your, your. Single family portfolio that you know, many people. If you started multifamily like I had, I'm sure there's there's a lot that you know from your experience that I don't know. Just you know, by virtue of experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, and some of it is um the mental part of it also like um i don't really get too freaked out about stuff because i know that there's I, i've been, i've had a lot of scenarios um so you know some of that i guess that's just having different experiences so um that makes it helpful as you get into different areas
1: yeah absolutely you've kind of gotten used to the situation, so to speak, of, oh, unexpected, fairly major maintenance item. All right. Well, we'll fix it. I mean, that's our option. We're not going to sell the property. We have to fix it. So that's what we're going to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And those things are going to (laughs) happen.
1: So my favorite question that I ask every guest on the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing?
0: Is to A, take action, um, take action and then s- be committed. So persevere, stick with it, be committed. Um, I really do think that if I, as a single mom, two young kids, corporate full-time job can get into real estate, um, so can anyone in, and there's a million different ways you can do it. Um, you know, we've been talking about a few, but, um, if you, stop using excuses and being busy as your roadblock and think about what if I could do this, what would that look like? And then just start doing it.
1: Absolutely. I, I like that a lot. That's a great, uh, a great principle. What if I could do this? What would it look like? And um, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, we all start from different places and there's a, there are so many different strategies. Maybe yeah, somebody. yes, You don't have a a lot of cash in the bank and you're just, you want to get into real estate. Okay. Maybe you're not going to start by buying, you know, triple net retail properties, all cash. That's probably not the strategy you're going to do. But there are other low money down strategies out there that are working for lots of people making a lot of money. So there are many options out there to take advantage of.
0: Yeah. um, I, a product development um, principle is try things, experiment. Just get out there, talk to people, try some stuff and, um, you know, see what resonates.
1: That's great. I love it. So you've mentioned uh, a couple times, uh, throughout our conversation. I think you, you have your own podcast. Can you tell us about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, it's called frenzy to financial freedom and it's, um, targeted. We have female guests targeted to female audience of, Women that are either entrepreneurs or um, corporate corporate employees that have side hustles. Um, and one of our passionate entrepreneurial pursuits is real estate investing. So I um, have a lot of real estate investors of all different kinds, women doing really cool things in the real estate space, not just syndication. And then also have guests on that are doing cool other entrepreneurial pursuits.
1: That's great. And it's, and it's frenzy to financial freedom. Correct. What's the URL? Where can people get it?
0: Um, so you can get it off any podcasting, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, any, anywhere. Um, also on my uh, investment website, new heights, investment group.com. There's uh, all the podcasts al- are also on there.
1: Nice. And if people want to get in touch with you, they can probably go to new heights, investment group.com. Yep. 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 Great. Great. If they want to talk more about investing in multifamily, uh, I understand you're, I think you're syndicating properties now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Correct. So
1: people what, what markets are you in, by the way, while we've got you?
0: For my apartment syndication, I'm predominantly in the Dallas-Fort Worth area.
1: Nice. DFW, yeah. classic growing market. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's very popular for a lot of reasons, a lot of a lot of job growth. Yeah. Uh, business is very, very great there. So awesome. Well, thank you for everything today. You have a very inspiring story. I think anyone should be inspired by your story, your experience, and your perseverance. So thank you for bringing that to us today. Thank you. been a lot of fun. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you learned a lot today. I know I sure did. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a very big help. Helps other people learn about the show. If you know someone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we will talk to you on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye.